Yes, you can grow your business with only 15 hours a week. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, welcome in. Yeah, this is Dan Miller. This is the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Hey, this is where normal, indecision, and ambiguity come to die. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Hey, our sponsors today are Audible and FreshBooks. I'll tell you a little bit more about both of them in a little bit. You know you can go to audible.com slash 48 days. Just browse through the unmatched selection of audio programs there. And I got a specific recommendation for you here in just a little bit. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at. Dan, I have a seven and an eight-year-old who need to reset from time to time. And I've been struggling to find positive audio that's understandable for them at this age. Well, I'll tell you exactly what we did when my children were that age. We'll have some fun with that. Dan, somebody says, in working with my wife, I've learned that she is the dreamer and I am the realist. Hang on to that thought a little bit here. We're going to talk about that more. Dan, I made a list of 30 to 40 business ideas, but now what's the process for narrowing those down? and ultimately landing on one to pursue. And somebody asked, yes, once again, can I really grow a business with only 15 hours a week? Yes, you can. And I'll tell you what four things you have to do to make that happen, though, and how you might get trapped. There are two real obvious traps for people who just start putting in a few hours a week on a business, and I'll tell you exactly what those are. Now, here's a quotation for today. Now, I've got this question, you know, Dan, I'm working with my wife. I learned that she's a dreamer and I'm a realist. Then I was listening to Entrepreneur on Fire, John Lee Dumas. This week he had on Rob Lowe, who's the host of the Giving Back podcast. Rob said just in passing, he says, listen to your wife's dreams, because if you don't, someone else will. Wow, it hit me like a ton of bricks of some recent encounters that Joanna and I have had with people. But that's the quotation. Listen to your wife's dreams, because if you don't, someone else will. Well, we'll talk about that. Hey, a couple things in the news. You're right on top of the Super Bowl here, depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already happened, but Super Bowl Fox is charging $5 million for a 30-second spot. During this year's Super Bowl, I love to watch a Super Bowl because of the commercials, because I want to see who in the world is going to spend that kind of money for a 30 second spot. And of course, the assumption is they can change our thinking, get us to take action. And so I watch, what are they going to do? Five million dollars for a 30 second spot. Ten years ago, the price was two and a half million. So it's doubled in 10 years. Five million for 30 seconds. That is just outrageous. Well, Kraft Heinz, uh, they have decided 
that they're not going to have ads this year in the Super Bowl. And instead, they're going to give their employees, their salaried employees, the day off after Super Bowl. Now think about that. They're getting a whole lot of media coverage because of what they're doing. So instead of paying $5 million, they're doing something innovative. Now, is it going to cost them? Sure. You know, to give salaried employees a day off? Yeah, there's a cost associated with that. But here's the deal. They know that people are pretty lame on the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. Anyway, we're told that over 16 million people call in sick the day after Super Bowl. 16 million people call in sick. I mean, that costs the country about a billion dollars in lost productivity. And a whole lot of the people who do show up for work are pretty cranky or hungover or whatever or worse. So Heinz is going to, they're, they're launching a campaign that's pushing for everybody to be off after Super Bowls. They want it to be a new national holiday called Smunday, which extends, you know, the Super Bowl fun into Monday. Smunday. So check it out. See if that, in fact, is going to happen. Hey, I don't know. It might. Hey, let me tell you about my friends at FreshBooks. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging? Yeah, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for being self-employed. Now, to meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. You can see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Now we're still here at the beginning of the year, so a lot of us are still looking at how we set goals, how we're tracking those. I mean, when we're already just into the second month of the year, wow, did that month go by quickly or what? So we're into the second month. And so, you know, I'm a goal setter. So I'm looking, did I already achieve one twelfth of the goals that I set out to do? There's one particular area that I really wanted to get a lot of traction and I haven't. Now there were some real clear reasons it didn't happen and it all came back on me but wow what a reminder that i didn't get that done um, we were talking about this in one of our groups this week and michael mcgreevy uh, one of our coaches and he's in also one of the mentors in the 48 days eagles but he shared what he created for himself that's just kind of a weekly wrap-up and it's just four simple questions with some lines on obstacles faced some blanks under there successes and the main cause and then a section i'm thankful for and then what i learned now if you're in 40 days eagles our new site got a whole lot of activity going on there you've seen that he posted it there uh, if you want that and aren't there golly just shoot me a note at ask dan i'll be glad to send you a shot of that but it's obstacles faced successes and main cause 
I'm thankful for what I learned. I really like that. Just a simple kind of checkup at the end of the week to say, am I on track? Am I doing what I said I wanted to get done? And thanks for sharing that, Michael. Josh says, do you know of someone who excels at the communication skill and offers a podcast centering on effective communication as a topic of discussion? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, Ken Davis, um, Christian comedian, been around for a long time. His podcast is exactly that. It is a podcast that talks about effective communication. So if you go to dynamiccommunicators.com, you'll find that, Josh. Again, dynamiccommunicators.com. I can't say that. Brent says, Dan, I've heard you say before that when your children needed to have a reset, you would have them listen to Zig Ziglar. I have a seven and eight-year-old who also need resets from time to time, and I've been struggling to find positive audio that's understandable for them at this age. Any recommendations? Well, I'm going to recommend the same thing. Have them listen to Zig Ziglar. You know, his material is timeless. We used material from See You at the Top, which was his first book. You know, I just checked on that. That was written in 1974. That's 43 years ago. But the the stories are still pertinent. The stories are still applicable today. Now, I'm going to tie this right into one of our sponsors today, that being audible.com. If you go to audible.com slash 48 days, Look for See You at the Top. I mean, See You at the Top. You can get the 25th anniversary edition. I mean, that would be awesome to get that. If you're not yet a member of audible.com, you can get that 25th anniversary edition. So just go to audible.com slash 48 days and pull up See You at the Top. And I'm going to play you a little clip here. Now, this is the kind of thing that we played for my kids when they were little. Of course, I played this for my little boy, Kevin, when he was seven and eight years old, who has now grown up to host the Zig Ziglar podcast, which is pretty cool. But these are the kind of stories that we used to have here. This is the one on flea training. Check this out. It's just a minute and a half long. Zig talking about flea training. You must know how to train fleas. And so my question in this uh, live presentation here in front of all of you folks, how many of you in this audience, and all I want you to do is be honest with me, how many of you do not know how to train fleas? Can I see your hands, please? (laughs) Hey, you got here just in time. I know you heard the one about the two fleas at the bottom of the hill, and one of them says, well, do we walk or take a dog? (laughs) But anyhow, you... uh, (laughs) You train fleas by putting them in a jar. And you put the top on the jar and you watch those fleas and they'll jump up and they'll hit the top over and over and over and over and over and over. You watch them jump. And finally, after they've been jumping a long time, you will notice that even though they continue to jump, all of a sudden they are no longer jumping high enough to hit the top. Then it's an absolute fact. You can just take the top off of the jar and they'll keep on jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping, but they cannot, I repeat, cannot jump out. You see, they have conditioned themselves to jump just so high. And once they've conditioned themselves to jump just so high, that's all there is. There ain't no more. Man is the same way. He starts out in life to climb the mountain, to write the book, to break the record, to do something with his life. But along the way, he bumps his head, he stubs his toe, and he becomes what I call a snipe. Now that's spelled S-N-I-O-P. 
P. And that's a person who is susceptible to the negative influence of other people. Now think about how many principles there are in there that you could discuss then with a seven or an eight-year-old. My goodness, you know, somebody in the schoolyard says you can't do that or bullies you. You are susceptible to the negative influence of other people. And then you decide, well, I can't do that. Or you try a particular sports feat or some kind of an act and you have trouble doing it. And so you decide, well, I can't do that. It's like putting a lid on top of the fleas. They decide, well, there's no way out. So then even when you take the lid off, they don't fly through the open door to freedom. They just stay in there and die in there. Those are great stories that Zig tells. I have right in front of my office here on a washstand, one of the old pumps with a pump handle. And it's based partly on the fact that I grew up with that kind of a pump, but primarily on the fact Zig tells that wonderful story about the pump, about, you know, the two guys that walked up on an old pump out in the desert. They started pumping and nothing would come. And gee, you got to take that little bit of water that's there where you're thirsty. It's real tempting just to drink that little bit of water, even though it's, it's stale and hot. No, you can't do that. That water is there to pour down the pump. So it makes that little leather diaphragm expand. So then it will start to pull and to pull, suck that water from way down deep, 200 feet down to start to pull it up and you pump and you pump and you pump. You think, man, I wasted that water. No, you just keep pumping, pumping, pumping. And all of a sudden the water starts to flow. Then you can back off with the pressure. Just be real gentle with the pressure that's required to keep the water flowing. So many life principles in there. The one about cooked in the squat, the terms, you know, check up from the neck up, you know, stinking thinking. I mean, those are all things that my kids heard from the early Zig Ziglar days. Here's something I pulled off the shelf, my dog-eared copy of See You at the Top that we used with our children in homeschooling. Here's another story in there that you could certainly use with a seven or eight-year-old. Check this out. It's called The Balloon Salesman. Several years ago, a balloon salesman was selling balloons on the streets of New York City. When business got a little slow, he would release a balloon. As it floated into the air, a fresh crowd of buyers would gather and his business would pick up for a few minutes. He alternated the colors, first releasing a white one, then a red one, and later a yellow one. After a time, a little Negro boy tugged on his coat sleeve, looked the balloon salesman in the eye, and asked a penetrating question. Mister, if you released a black balloon, would it go up? The balloon salesman looked at the little boy and with compassion, wisdom, and understanding said, son, it's what's inside those balloons that make them go up. The little boy was fortunate indeed to encounter a man who could see with more than just his eyes. With good eyes, you can see to run or work or play. The person who can see with his heart and his eyes can also reach out and touch the spirit within another human being and reveal the good that lies within him. Yes, the balloon salesman was right. I'm also right when I tell you it's what's inside you that will make you go up. Now, that's a story right out of See You at the Top. Those things are certainly applicable today. Those are the kind of things that we used instead of punishment when my children were small. So instead of just a timeout where they had to just sit there and steam and look at the corner of the room, we would put on, pop in a little cassette back then and have them listen to 10 minutes of Zig Ziglar or somebody else, Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley. There's a lot of others as well. But that's the kind of stuff, the kind of things that I was listening to as an adult to help me in my path anyway, the same things we introduced our children to. Well, fun stuff. Golly, I'd love to hear those stories. 
Well, I got a question from Jonathan. This is the one about the dream and wife. He says, Dan, my wife and I are working together on what will hopefully be a successful entrepreneurial venture. Being married for three years, I've learned that she is the dreamer and I am the realist. We're combining our strengths, starting with one basic idea, selling a card to give to others with a positive, encouraging word of love. Each card has a smaller card inside for the recipient to give to someone else. We want to promote the simplicity of spreading love and some of the proceeds will support an organization called Water for Africa. Our goal is to turn this into a stationary company with the ultimate vision of spreading love and giving back. We wanted to say thanks for all the inspiration you've given us and would love your tips, feedbacks on this project uh, and maybe a plug for our Kickstarter campaign. Thanks again. Well, the, the site is Love's proclamation.com and i'd be delighted for any of you listening to go there check it out and help me with ideas here for jonathan and his wife his dreaming wife i love your idea i mean i love your idea of being able to share a little thank you card then having a smaller one in there that somebody can pass along i mean my granddaughter clara leaves handwritten notes every time they're in a restaurant she does a little drawing, says, thank you for your service. We love the food or whatever. And my wife, Joanne, writes notes to people nearly every day. But here's the thing. In as much as I love the idea, I would be amazed if you can turn this into any kind of a real money-making business venture. I just don't see that it has a potential to do that. Now, keep in mind, there's a lot of things that are great ideas and things we need to have built into our lives as good, wholesome relationship practices. But it's still difficult to turn each of those, you know, into a money-making venture. Some things are just meant to make us better people, make us part of a loving society. So I love your idea, but I think you're going to have a really hard time to turn that into a profitable venture. Uh, the fact that you're, you know, want to share some of your proceeds with Water for Africa I mean, again, sounds wonderful. I mean, a worthy kind of cause. That's not enough, though. It's got people will not purchase something just because you're giving part of the proceeds to a worthy cause. I mean, last week we talked about John Lee Dumas. He's promoting his Mastery Journal right now. You can go to his Kickstarter project, you know, MasteryJournal.com. You can find it there. He is writing a check to Pencils of Promise, Adam Braun's organization. Well, they then will. For $25,000, they can build a school. So they can build a school in Ghana or in Uganda or Kenya or, geez, you know, Haiti, places like that. They're building, you know, what a, what a cool thing to do. But people aren't purchasing John's mastery journals because he's a kind and gracious, generous guy who's going to give money to Pencils of Promise. They're purchasing it because the mastery journal can help them accomplish their own goals. You have to have something that stands alone as a business before you decide whatever it is that you want to do with the profits, whether that's giving to a worthy cause or not. That's a small part of having people participate. Well, um, this comes from uh, Craig says, I made out a list of 30 to 40 ideas, business ideas, like you recommend. What's the process for narrowing those down and ultimately landing on one to pursue? All right, Craig, common question, and I love working with people who have lots of ideas. That's a great starting point. I mean, it's a lot easier to start with that than somebody who has just one idea 
and is totally committed to making it work, I'd rather expand and have a list of 30 to 40 ideas. But then what you use as the process for narrowing down is a filter based on what you know about yourself. In 48 Days to the Work You Love, I talk about 85% of the process of having a confidence of proper direction comes from looking inward, knowing yourself, knowing three things about yourself, your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions. So it's those that helps you narrow down from 30 to 40. And you ought to be able to do that pretty quickly. So I recommend if people are looking for new ideas, that they spend 30 days creating that list of 30 to 40 ideas, but then spend another two days narrowing that down based on what you know about yourself. Does this idea fit your skills and abilities? Does it fit your personality? You know, you may have on there, uh, you could have a subway franchise. We know they're very profitable, but when you look at your personality skills, you're a high SC meaning you tend to be more introverted and kind of behind the scenes. You're great with details. You like things to be exact. Those are your personality tendencies. And so now we have Subway because we know it's a really profitable franchise. You need to mark that off your list. There's not a match there. If you are a high SC and you're going to start a business where you're going to have 786 people walk in the door every day, you know, spend their three bucks and some of them are going to complain even at that. And you're going to be working with entry level employees who, you know, show up for work 20 minutes late and don't think it's a big deal. And you're a real stickler for perfection and accuracy. It'll drive you crazy. So knowing yourself will allow you to narrow down your list and narrow that list down to three or four good ideas that fit what you know about you. Then do a little bit more research, choose the best one and act. Commit to a year don't second guess yourself. Don't look back. That's the process that I encourage people to go through. All right. This comes from Donna who says it's finally happening after following the 48 days for something close to 4.8 years. Ah, oh, great. I will be launching a new business next month. My question, once I saw here, once I saw here three particular resources that I can't locate again, one was jobs for kids, one was buying and selling books, one was a list of work created by your community. Could you please advise where to find these again? Yes, I certainly will, Donna. Here's where they are. And I apologize, you know, I talk about a lot of resources and write about a lot of resources and I don't have a really good system. I'm not somebody who's really organized and precise and detailed. I don't have good systems for keeping track of everything, keeping track of all the great ideas that, you know, you, the listeners have submitted over the years, resources, they're just kind of thrown out there. And if I can remember it, great. And if I can't, it's kind of lost forever. But with your ideas, your questions, one was job for kids. Joanne came on and joined me for a podcast that we did about a year ago. And we titled it raising creative and entrepreneurial kids. And we went through lots and lots of jobs for kids, ideas that they'd pursued. A lot of things our own grandkids have done. So if you just go to the 48 days podcast and just put in the search there for that, actually you can just, you can just search in Google for raising, put 48 days, raising creative and entrepreneurial kids. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but you can find it really easily just doing a search raising creative and entrepreneurial kids in 48 days. It'll take you right to that podcast. The second thing, one was buying and selling books. That's our buddy, Greg Murphy from Cincinnati. If you go to seven 
figurebooksales.com. It'll take you right to his information about how he generates millions of dollars every year just processing old throwaway books that other people don't want. He buys them not by the title, but by the pound. So he's essentially buying scrap paper. But then he goes through, finds books that will sell on Amazon or eBay, puts those up and sells those, makes a lot of money there. The rest, he just cuts the back and spine off and does sell the paper for recycling. But sevenfigurebooksales.com, you'll find Greg's material. And then one was a list of work created by your community. Now, this has been around a while. This is, I haven't even gone and looked at this in a while, but there was, there were some members of 48days.net, the community there that now has right at 16,000 people in it, who put together examples of people who took action in the 48 days community, took action. It's titled No More Mondays ebook. I'll put it, if you're a member of 48days.net, you have access to that under member exclusives. You can just click there. But I'll put it in um, I'll put it in show notes again so anybody can go there and get that. Also, I've got the 48 low or no cost business ideas. Uh, I'll put a link there for that as well, where you can just download the PDF. That lots of lots of places where you could get ideas for the things that you're talking about. So, congratulations, Donna, on launching your new business. I'm curious as to what it is. You the resources you're asking for here. I'm not sure what it is you're putting together, but congratulations on moving ahead with that. This comes from Andrew who says, you've changed forever, changed my life for the better. Uh, you're one of my modern day heroes. I'm always recommending your content because people are so hungry for positive change. I'm wanting to start a business where I'm selling my unique backyard playhouse that I would build, sell and transport myself. Um, I can tell you more about it, but I'm trying to get a game plan first on how I'm going to get started on creating this into a successful business. What do I need to do to get this started? Everyone who I talk to about thinks it's a great idea. I'm finishing my designs and I'm going to calculate the cost on building one myself, which I think would be three to $500 and sell it at 10 times that amount. What's the next step after that? If I sold two a month, I would surpass my monthly income. What are some good resources you would recommend to take this idea into uh, action plan? I need a game plan. Thanks, Andrew. Well, golly, I love your idea for a little backyard playhouse that you're going to build. A, now, what you're describing, man, I, I like this. If you can make these numbers work, you're really in good shape. You said that you think the cost will be three to $500. You can sell it at times, 10 times that. So let's just take $300. If you can have $300 in materials, build the playhouse and sell it for 3000. That's going to give you a profit of $2,700. Yeah. You know, doing that twice. That's what $5,400 a month in net income. I mean, golly, that, that'd be a great business to do that. And the cool thing about this is you don't need 300 customers. You need two, two customers. Now, here's what you can do to make sure that happens and a whole lot more. Have one on display, get, make sure that you, Get lined up. Let's see, where are you from here? Uh, Utah. Okay, I'm not sure what big city you're next to, but here in Nashville, we have a home and garden show. It's really spectacular. Joanna and I haven't missed it for 20 years, probably. But we go there, get all kinds of ideas, and your outside playhouse would tie in beautifully. Your unique backyard playhouse. Make sure you get a, a place there and have one. Just get it in there. There's nothing that will sell these 
more than people being able to see an actual one on display. That's all you need. Just get there, take orders that ought to fill your entire year for what you can produce. You can also have one permanently on display on a heavily trafficked road. Now, we saw a couple of years ago a little playhouse greenhouse combination on a road. I turned around, hit the brakes, went back, got the number off the window, called to me- immediately have one built, assembled on our property. So it's a little playhouse greenhouse combination. So one side has a lot of glass on it, used as a greenhouse. I use it as a well house. Rather than a playhouse, we have another playhouse as well for the grandkids. But this one I use as a a well house where we have our water softener and filter inside. And then also racks where we can use it as a greenhouse early in the spring to get plants started. But yeah, you want people to be able to see that. you, You see this commonly with carports. So you, you're driving down the road and you see carports and it's got a sign there, you know, 695. One of these can be assembled on your property or whatever. Talk to those people. See if you can do something to pay a little fee or some little commission to them to have your playhouse displayed there because what you need is visibility. Now, the other thing you can think about, you're, you're describing a building that's very labor intensive, time and labor intensive. You have to build them. If you have something that's really unique, you don't have to worry that much about competition. You know, for carports or gazebos, I mean, common things, arbors, there's a lot of competition out there. I have a friend, actually, he's kind of a distant cousin of mine, who uh, in the uh, Amish community over in western part of Tennessee, uh, their name, country name, the uh, business name is Countryside. I think I remember that right. But he does exactly what I'm describing here. We saw one of his arbors a beautiful arbor on display at one of the home and garden shows and i bought it on the spot he brought it out after the show was over set it up it's the entrance to the nature trail that goes back into our woods but i believe in the process that you're talking about here the other thing you could think about doing andrew is selling plans for the building rather than doing the construction yourself when you are doing the construction yourself there's a ceiling to what you could put out I mean, if you got orders for a hundred of these tomorrow, you couldn't produce them because it takes a whole lot of time to get the materials and to build and to do what you're talking about. You're talking about if you could do two a month, well, that means that you can't really, you can't scale. You can't grow your business exponentially because it's dependent on your ability to build them. Now, theoretically, you could bring other people in, you know, pay them and have kind of an assembly line and build them if you had that much business. I don't know if you want to do that or not. But the other thing you could do is think about selling the plans for building a unique playhouse. So show that you need $300 in materials. Here's the plans. You know, so you've got patterns laid out for what they need to do. Here's the plans. You know, then you have something that you can scale. Then you have something that you can sell to somebody who lives in Seattle, even if you live in Utah or somebody that lives in Miami, Florida where it wouldn't be feasible for you to build one and transport it, but you could sell them the plans. And there's a lot of businesses that have been done like that. I've talked about Cinnamon and Jason Miles, the young couple who she was making doll clothing and ran into a ceiling and her ability to turn those out. She couldn't keep up with the demand. So instead of making the doll clothing herself, she makes one, takes beautiful pictures of it, and then sells the patterns for those. And they've scaled that and are doing an amazing business, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year selling the patterns for those doll clothing. But look at that as a way that you could expand the actual building yourself. 
love what you're doing, though. I like, like that a lot. Okay, Susan says, and I'm going to switch. I want to go into something here a little bit. Susan says, first, I want to say thank you for all your inspiring work. You've motivated my husband to quit his J-O-B and pursue work he loves as a freelance editor and designer. You've also inspired me to pursue my passions, which I thought I'd have to put off until my children are grown. That leads me to my question. Do you have any advice or encouragement for stay-at-home moms like me who have passions and ambitions but can't seem to find enough time after changing diapers, making meals, folding laundry to get them? I want to keep my family my first priority, but I know the other things I want to accomplish are important too. Oh, you're so right, Susan. Another you know, lady with dreams here. Um, I, I like what you're talking about. And yes, you can do that. You have to have some margin in your life. There are people who I talk to who share with me their idea and tell me about their schedule. And I say, you're, I don't think your idea is going to go anywhere. And they're like, what do you mean? You know, isn't it a good idea? I say, yeah, it's a good idea, but you don't have any margin in your life. If you really think all the things you're doing are that important, and have to be done by only you, you, your idea is not going to go anywhere. You have to find 10 to 15 hours a week. Now, I think anybody can do that. I think anybody can find that. Sometimes I have people do a two-week time log where for two weeks we track what you're doing, you know, every 15 minutes. Just track what you're doing. And in that, people inevitably find a whole lot of time that is discretionary time time where they could devote it to something more meaningful. You know, time, gee, just spent, you know, doing nothing, watching TV. I mean, a lot of people waste three, four hours a day. I'm talking about, can you carve out 10 to 15 hours a week? Now that could be, and ideally the way this works best, I mean, I work best in focused, uninterrupted blocks of time. I don't work well on projects where I spend 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there and hope that I can accumulate those 15 hours over the course of a week. That doesn't work well for me. I'd rather have two days where I have a three or four hour block to kind of get momentum on those ideas. So I would recommend that you try to make that the case, Susan, that you find where you have a block of time. And with that, yeah, absolutely. You can build a business with only 10 or 15 hours a week. If, now here's the caveat, here's the if. If you do that, and I've talked about this, and apparently it really resonates because it keeps coming up again and again and again. And I've shared this in a lot of different settings over the last five or six months since I came up with this kind of a little formula. With only 15 hours a week, you can make massive progress in three to six months. If you invest those four hour, those hours in four areas of building a business. So if you have 15 hours, I'm going to suggest you spend three hours reading, studying, gathering new knowledge. So about 20%, five hours creating content. Now this is going to vary depending on the exact specifics of your business, but in general, it's going to have an application. Five hours creating content. That may mean working on your book or your course or your coaching packages Four hours and working directly with clients. Three hours marketing efforts. How are you going to build your brand and reputation? If you're making those unique playhouses like we were just talking about with Andrew, three hours a week out of those 15, not hammering and sawing, but going out and talking to people, 
getting those connections for where you can display them, making arrangements to have it at the next home and garden show. That's where those three hours go. Now, based on the percentages, you can decide how many hours you're going to spend each week. If you ramp that up and you go from 15 to 30 or 40 or 50 hours or whatever, but here's what can happen. And I see this happen all the time where people get trapped into thinking that just gathering new knowledge is building a business. So you listen to podcasts, you go to trade shows, you go to conferences, you know, you talk to other people in the business that all, that's all fine and good, but that's not really a business. You know, you have to have people giving you money, putting those uh, certificates of appreciation in your hand before you have a business. So you want to have that being part of what you do immediately, right out of the gate, immediately have customers. Then you continue to gather new knowledge. But you can't spend all your time just getting new knowledge. You'll do nothing. Three to six months will pass and you don't have any business at all. The other potential trap is to just work with clients or customers. That's what I recommend as the four hours out of your 15 working directly with clients. So it's roughly 30% of your time. What that means then is even if you ramp that up to 40 hours a week, that I recommend you only spend about 12 hours where you're actually doing the work. Now doing, doing the work is the, I I kind of used that. I kind of modified what that term means. I I mean, working directly with clients. Now here's an example. I talked this week to a very successful coach, lady who's a very successful life coach. And she was talking about the challenge that she has. There are so many people that are requesting her coaching that she's totally full. She's totally maxed out. I mean, like 40 hours a week, just coaching people. I said, that's wonderful. You know, it's too bad that you can't build a business. I don't, and she was like, whoa, what are you talking about? I said, if you're seeing people 30 or 40 hours a week, coaching them as honorable and as good as that sounds, you've trapped yourself at the very bottom. All you've done is created a job for yourself. That's all you've done. You can't build a business. You can't do the things that would give you some time freedom down the road. And golly, she's like, oh my gosh, you're exactly right. She said, there's all kinds of things I thought I was going to be able to do, you know, to write more, to blog, to create an ebook, to maybe create a course. And I'm not doing any of that. And I said, you're exactly right. You trapped yourself in one of the four components of building a business, thinking that you were successful immediately, but instead you are limiting your success in the way that you're approaching this. You can't do that. You need to say no to a whole lot of those people who want to see you because you're committed to building a business. You're going to spend time learning, reading, listening, going to conferences. You're going to spend time marketing. See, if you, if you do spend all your time working directly with customers or clients, then you're going to have a roller coaster effect in your business. It's feast or famine. So you're really busy. And then when everybody is serviced, all the products are, you know, delivered or whatever, then it's starting over with nothing. Then you're starting over again. You don't want that. You want to move beyond that. Having a business implies that money is being made, even if you're not there. Now go with me a minute. In Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he talks about this in his other materials as well, but he talks about the four quadrants of how we can spend our time. One, and he he puts this in the upper right-hand quadrant, would be employee. 
We, we understand that well. As soon as you decide, wow, I'm going to do bookkeeping on my own or I'm going to do graphic design on my own. And rather than having one customer, I'm going to have 10. As soon as you do that, you move from employee to self-employed. So self-employed would be the bottom right-hand quadrant. Very honorable. Great to do that. But recognize you're self-employed. You may not have a business. If you move to the left, the left bottom quadrant, that is a business. And it implies that money is being made even if you're not there. Now think about the kind of things that we've talked about here. Think about what I do. I am, I am known primarily as a coach. I coach working with people directly approximately one day a month. Well, how can be, I be known as a coach? Is because I've created content in books, workshops, seminars, live events, mastermind, community, online community, like 48 Days Eagles. Those are things where I'm coaching. I'm sharing my core message of figuring out how God has gifted you and how to turn that into profitable work. I'm sharing that in all those things that I mentioned, but all of those things that I just mentioned do not require my personal time on a day-by-day basis. Do you think that I can possibly be making money when Joanna and I are on a cruise like we're going to do in a couple weeks? We're totally unplugged, not online, not seeing anybody. Well, sure, because people are still buying books. People are registering for upcoming coaching with excellence events. All those things are still in place very much so. That's the challenge. Those are the two areas where I see people get stuck again and again and again. They get stuck in just continuing to gather knowledge or they get stuck in just being what Michael Gerber and the E-Myth would call a technician where they're just doing the work themselves rather than building a business, rather than working on a business, they're working in the business and they get stuck just doing that and they get trapped in being self-employed, but never move into having a business. Well, hey, I hope that, you know what, I'm just going to, we're going to just end there. I feel like instead of switching on into other uh, questions and go in other areas, I'm just going to park there because I think that's important to understand that particular part. Just understand how to do a business. This is something that is a real core issue for me. And most of you who are listening Although most of you who are listening, we know are in full-time positions and we embrace that. But most of you also want to do something on the side. You want to have something on the side that is totally your own. Even if you don't intend to move into that permanently or full-time, that's okay. But if there's something that you want to do, learn how to do it well. You know, a lot of people and rightfully so, have a little sideline hobby. And I think, well, gee, everybody asked me about this. You know, they comment on, so I'll turn this into a little business. But they don't approach it in the same way they would if they were really open into business. So it just is kind of, eh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And then it's frustrating to it because, you know, they don't have enough business or because they have too much business. No, if you've got a little sideline hobby and you really want to make it a business, then be as intentional about that as if you were going to open a bowling alley. I mean, I'll just 
be that specific about what has to happen for this to work. And we've got a free business planning guide that you can access where uh, it'll just walk you through the questions that ought to be asked. Well, hey, if you got questions, you know you can shoot them into in, into me at askdan at 48days.com. Love to review those. Keep those coming in. Let us know your successes and the questions that you've got. Again, just shoot them to askdan at 48days.com. Remember our quotation for today being, listen to your wife's dreams, because if you don't, someone else will. Now, you can substitute for wife's husband's son, daughter, Anybody that you want there, listen to your blank dreams, because if you don't, someone else will. And you know where that can lead. If it's a spouse or a child, can lead them away from you to that person who is listening to their dreams. Yes, Joanne had two very painful, long, intense counseling sessions this week with ladies who have both decided to leave their very successful husbands for exactly the concept that we're talking about here can't happen. Well, we've got coming up here at the sanctuary, May 11th and 12th is innovate. This is the event where we do work with you. If you are an artist, an author, performer, sculptor, you want to do something to take your little idea and turn it into a business, market your product or service. You want to rediscover your creative passion and you want to connect with some other like-minded eaglepreneurs Get some encouragement and direction. Golly, we'd love to see you here. Check it out, 48days.com. Go to live events. Innovate. That's the one coming up. The next event we've got coming up here in May. And then following that is Coaching with Excellence. Love to see you there. Check out the 48dayseagles.com. There's a whole lot of things happening in that community. We're delighted to have uh, people who are sharing ideas there readily. Um, I'll explain more about the transition a lot of people coming from 48days.net over there. Um, and uh, you can be in other, either place, but 48 Days Eagles, yes, it does have a small membership fee, but it's a place where I'm connected. We're doing mentoring every Monday there and sharing resources and having a whole lot of people who are eager and more than happy to help you out there as well. So check it out, whatever works for you, whatever makes sense. We'd love to to help you, nurture you along on your own unique path of success. Well, as you can tell by the music, we are out of time. Thanks for being part of this community where we get to share ideas all week long. I love jumping on in the morning, seeing what ideas have been shared, seeing the resources that people so readily give to others. You know, there's there's no such thing as competition in this community. There's There's not competition between people who are extremely successful. Collaboration is a better word. We're sharing ideas that can help help each other. We really believe in the principle that a rising tide raises all ships. So thanks for being part of this community where there's a whole lot of people just like you and me here who are in fact finding or creating work that is purposeful, meaningful, and profitable. 
Adiós.